Hey, this is TC. And this is Jim from The Studio Demands It. A bi-weekly screenwriting podcast where every episode we conceptualize and craft an entire script from the ground up based on the demands of one of our listeners acting as a hypothetical studio. Join the process over at studiodemandsit.com. In this episode of another Zelda podcast, David travels to Louisiana to meet up with Celeste so that they may speak about all the ways ghouls, ghosts, and spirits exist in the afterlife in the Zelda series. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Zelda podcast. I'm Celeste Roberts. I am your co-host today, and with me, as ever, is David Geisler. Hey, Celeste. Hey, thanks for coming all the way down to Louisiana for this oh my episode. Gosh. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> we, you, you and I, I don't know. I think I think it's been two years we've been producing this show together, and we have yet to record, with the exception of some of our like group episodes. You know, we had some of those live episodes, we did those quiz episodes. With the exception of those kinds of experiences, you and I have not yet sat at a kitchen table like we're doing right now and had an honest to goodness classic AZP episode. And here we are. We've got the mic set up. We've got the, the everything's like. I feel like this is like season one of AZP again. Mm-hmm. The way we're recording today, I'm so excited. Well, thank you so much for coming down, and I'm excited to hang out with you to record these episodes. I don't know, David. It, it, does it feel different to be back in a kitchen recording? No, it feels great, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Old school AZP here. But no, yeah, I came down for the weekend. Mm-hmm. This is Halloween weekend, basically. Yes, yes. So we kind of have a loosely Halloween-themed episode here. Yes, exactly. So I came up with this episode a while back, and I told David, hey, it'd be really cool to do something reminiscent of spooky season that is also maybe a little philosophical. Ooh, yeah. Because I love the deep dive episodes. I love the different theories that people come up with with Zelda. So I've been thinking about the different types of people, monsters, locations in the Zelda series. So I thought, what? I don't know how to phrase this, David. Well, this is definitely a deep dive episode, in my opinion. Yes, it's. I, I was kind of wondering, is there a life after Hyrule? And I mean, is there a type of heaven? Is there a type of hell a purgatory well the thing that really got me excited about this topic is that we have so many different versions of spirits ghouls ghosts pose and whatever there's so many different kinds of experiences that are implied to be beyond life Mm -hmm. that um, i think there's a conversation to be had here yes and it's something i've been wanting to talk about because i I was looking through different wikipedia sites different zelda fan sites i need to I mean, I have the Hyrule Historia. It's actually right there. <laughs> on the my table. Copy. Yep, yep, sure. Um, it's here I'm, on the table. It might have some more information, and I maybe just need to sit down and flip through it more thoroughly. But I don't know if there's a definitive answer. Maybe a listener can provide. Oh, I think 100% there isn't. I mean, I mm-hmm. think I think a lot of this, the truth is this is going to be a fun episode because we're going to deep dive into a thing that probably is created by accident. And what I mean by that is I'm sure that the developers of any of the Zelda games over the past 30 years thought, oh, wouldn't it be cool to have ghosts? You know, or, oh, wouldn't it be cool to have spirits? Oh, wouldn't it be cool to have automatons? Oh, wouldn't it be cool that, you know, and they just kind of create and have all these different cultures or races or whatever. I mean, to some degree, a human going into Kakiri Forest and turning into a uh, Skultulla, or yes. not a Skultulla, a Staffold. Staffold? Staffold. 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 Yeah. Staffles. Um, Staffles, yes. I think so, yeah. 
uh, even that's like a, a version of Afterlife. We have literal yeah. skeletons that come out of the ground in the evenings on many of the Zelda mm -hmm. games. These are all interpretations of Afterlife. I'm sure we are not, I don't think we are not, I am not here to crack the code on what is Afterlife in Hyrule, but um, um, exploring all these different interpretations I think is is, is fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there are some... There's some indications that if there is a life after Hyrule, a lot of these creatures hang around. Right. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Exactly. You know, mm -hmm. so, yeah. So why don't we get into listener feedback, David, before we deep dive <laughs> sure. into this very deep, 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 deep. Topic. I know we almost started slipping in right there, didn't we? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of one of those conversations. And uh, let's see here. Okay, okay. Uh, I have about, <clears throat> I think I have about five of them here today. Okay. This is Nicholas, and it appears that this happened over on, yes, this is an Instagram post from Nicholas. And it says here, thank you for the follow. Oh, I don't know how to read this. Thank you for the follow being listening to your podcast. Oh, I get it. There just wasn't a period here. I apologize. Okay. Thank you for the follow. <laughs> Been listening to your podcast all day today while tree planting in the north of Scotland. That's cool. Think I'm now halfway through fire temples, so plenty to catch up on, smiley face emoji. My birth, my brother and I are massive Zelda fans, me more than him though. Just started Majora's Mask again, which is possibly my third favorite Zelda game. Difficulty to say, they're all amazing games. Can't wait to listen to the rest and catch up, smiley face emoji con. Yeah, emoji con, that's what they're called, emoji. Remember when they were, are they called emoticons or emoji? Em oh, now, can I see what it looks like? Uh, that's an emoji. Emoticon okay. would be if you make it with the punctuation marks. Oh, really? Awesome. Yeah. I never knew the difference. Mm -hmm. I love it. So like the old school. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Um, all the best to you both and keep up the amazing work. Monroe. All right. Well, Nicholas and or Monroe, <laughs> uh, thank you for the feedback. That's awesome. Planting trees in Scotland. I wish I was doing that. Did you know that Hyrule Gamer, Adam... <laughs> Is in Scotland. Scotland as well? Yeah. I didn't know that. Because mm -hmm. you interviewed him for the, your 1v1 thing with yes. Boss Rush. Yes. I enjoy, I love that episode. He's so fun. He loves fishing. That's one of his favorite activities. He got it. If I remember from that episode, uh, he um, he got into about a 10 minute thing about fly fishing and all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I also learned from that episode, and this made me feel very excited about Hyrule Gamer, um, that his you know, one of his main passions are Legend of Zelda, and much like me, kind of, you could say his second fandom passion is Jurassic Park. Yeah. And uh, we, I, in my office at home, it's like all the shelves behind my desk are Zelda things and basically Jurassic Park dinosaurs. That's what it comes down to, and it sounds like he had a similar disposition. But getting back to Nicholas here, planting trees in Scotland, super cool. Um, Celeste, how do you feel about Majora's Mask? This is this is Nicholas's third favorite Zelda game. I don't know if I could rate the order of my favorite Zelda games, but Majora's Mask is definitely in the top tier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's one of my favorite games. Also, I think it is appropriate to play during spooky season. <laughs> it is kind of a spookier game. <laughs> but I played it as a child. I it, I don't want to say it scared me too much to where I couldn't play it anymore, but um, I think as an adult, I appreciate it more because it could lend itself to a whole deep dive topic with philosophy and metaphor. I think if you needed to, you mm -hmm. could spend an entire season on Majora's Mask. Like you could really dive into that game, I think, because there's so many different ways to go. I'm going to move on here. Okay. Mr. Giuseppe over on Instagram uh, direct messaged us actually and said, hello, AZP, longtime listener here and just finished listening to the Skyward Sword review episode. That was in this season. I loved it. Was great to hear your thoughts, even all the things you guys didn't like. Haha. <laughs> I would rank Skyward Sword in my top five, 
Been loving season five so far. It's been great to have Kate back again and also all the guests as well. I make a lot of Zelda-inspired lino-cut prints. Ooh. And just wondering if AZP has a place that us Zelda nerds can share our art with one another. Much love from Australia. Australia flag emoji, green heart emoji. Um, Celeste, didn't we... What I, I'm Like almost a year ago, I remember us being in a production meeting where we were discussing possibly... I know we have our like fan art mm-hmm. channel on Discord, but I think we were considering having there be a category page on our main website where people could share either their fan art or even maybe things they sell and stuff like that. Do you recall this this conversation? Yes, yes. yes. And I know we were trying to – we did it a few times, and I'll, I do it whenever I think about it. But on Twitter, I'll do something, you know, Fan Art Friday. And sometimes it gets a lot of traction, sometimes not so much. It just depends. Yeah. Gosh, man, Mr. Giuseppe, yeah, you've kind of like – you've lit the fire again for me. I, I almost forgot about that conversation because, you know, we just got so busy mm-hmm. with all this stuff. It would be fun to – have the you know we have a lot of things happening on the website already from a community point of view we've got all the blog posts and things much so much more than just the episodes maybe there is a way to have a little bit more user engagement you know there is okay i don't want to get into the weeds here but there is a way to to have let people create logins so that they can upload Mm -hmm. things that could be cool Mm -hmm. anyways mr giuseppe thank you so much love that you're loving season five um we're loving it too and uh moving on another skyward sword one what is happening season so skyward sword our season five episode four episode kate C-A-R-D, C-I-A-R-D-I, said over on YouTube, hello, my name is Kate. If, and had a, I had a really hard time, what? Oh, oh, wow. Okay, I haven't read this one yet. Hello, my name is Kate. I had a really hard time with my medical problems and playing Zelda always made me feel better. I love to hear Kate talk and it makes me happy to know I'm not the only girl who plays video games. Love you guys. Well, that's awesome, Kate. Yeah, we have a we have a, a fair amount of female voices on the show now. I'm so pleased about that. Yeah, Mallory, Kate, myself, um, Hazel, Hazel, featured, uh, Stephanie, Steph chips in. Yeah, Stephanie, yep. That's great. Well, I'm excited to be sharing these episodes. These because we're behind the curtain here. We're recording a couple episodes in this session now that yes. I'm in Louisiana. We're going to record two more, Celeste. You and mm-hmm. I take advantage of the opportunity here. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm so pleased to be sharing that this with you as well, Celeste. Uh, Jack F over here on Instagram said, "Hey guys." Avid listener here, just wanted to thank you for the great content. Your podcast got me back into the Zelda series after a long time. I had played all the Zelda games from Ocarina of Time onwards, but stopped playing because of Skyward Sword on the Wii and the terrible motion controls. Thanks to you, I bought thanks to you, I bought Breath of the Wild last year and loved it. I'm currently going through some difficult health problems, so I'm re-listening to all of your episodes again to help get through the days. I've also been really enjoying some other 6-5 media shows. Whoa. Especially fan fiction and turn-by-turn. Turn. Keep up the amazing work. Okay, bye. Wow, Jack, thanks. I mean, I hope I hope both both Jack and Kate, I hope they're feeling better. I'm happy if we're there to keep them company while mm-hmm. they're going through whatever they're going through. Um, that is awesome. That's a great thing to feel, to, to hear. And honestly, turn-by-turn turn and fan, fan fiction is a super new show. Dan McCoy used to be on AZP here as a guest, and we spun him off into his own show, Fan Fiction, that he does, and it cracks me up. Um, I don't know if you've heard, listened to too many of their episodes uh, yet, Celeste, but we do cold opens for every episode for fan fiction. So I, so Dan and his co-host, Matt, they kind of goof around for a minute or two before we even get into the episode. It's great fun. Um, and then Turn by Turn is a blast, too. Dan McGar over there is working really, really hard. They just have a new show that came out called Game Dev Hideout, which is a spinoff off their Turn by Turn thing. A lot of 6-5 action, a lot of 6-5 action. But anyway, Jack, um, thank you so much. I'm really pleased that Jack... Went ahead and picked up Breath of the Wild because listening to the show, 
Yes, yes. It's a wonderful game. I, I hope that you're enjoying it. And that game is all about discovery. And I, I love it. I was just last week in the episode with Fercano, uh, we were talking about how it's the kind of game it, to even say that you play Breath of the Wild isn't almost the right way to say it. Sometimes it's just like, I'm going to go into Breath of the Wild, you know? Because oh, sometimes you just go in for an hour and run around and do whatever you want to do. And there's a lot of other open world games that are like that. But in the Zelda series, that's the one that's the most like that, like just mm -hmm. going into an adventure whenever you want. I have one more here, Celeste. This is a YouTube comment for our top 10 Zelda speedrun moments. This is an episode from season four, episode seven. Top 10 Zelda speedruns, another Zelda podcast. Uh, <laughs> okay, cool. This is from Attack on Match. And Attack on Match says, yes, I love the longer episodes like this. Green heart emoji. I'm so happy. Well, thanks, Attack on Match. We try to keep these to about an hour, but sometimes mm -hmm. they expand out to about an hour and a half. Yeah, I yeah. think more Zelda content. But <laughs> more, more, more quality content. <laughs> well, David, are you ready to... Go to life after Hyrule? Take me there, Celeste. Okay. So let's start with maybe some places that indicate either a belief in a life after Hyrule or a repository for the dead. Oh, are you saying like different cultures that leave world building things for well, implications of afterlife? In the Zelda series. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first Zelda game I ever played um, was A Link to the Past. Okay. And... There is the sanctuary, which they don't call it a church. It's just called a sanctuary, but it looks very much like a Christian church in the style. And next to... Yeah, I would agree. Kind of has that medieval kind of yes. Christian church feel. Yes. And next to it is a graveyard. And I actually wrote this as a note. There are cemeteries and graveyards in the Zelda series. Mm -hmm. And did you know there's actually a difference between them, a cemetery and a graveyard? Okay, let me think about that for a second. They both are recognizing the people that are buried, the characters, the creatures that are buried. Is a cemetery technically connected to an institution like a sanctuary or a church and a graveyard just exists anywhere? That's going to be my guess. So it's actually the reverse. And I misspoke Whoa. because people use them interchangeably. It's just if you either one you say, you know what you're People know what you're talking about. Yeah. But a graveyard is specifically attached to a church, whereas a cemetery just is its own thing. Yeah, fascinating. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to have a religious connotation, so to speak. Yeah. And in the Zelda series, in A Link to the Past, you remember there are little poes flying around, little ghosts and spirits. There are undead-like creatures as well in other Zelda games yeah. related to the cemeteries. Mm -hmm. So that, I was thinking about that. There, there seem to be a lot of resting places in the Zelda series. So the cultures within the game must have respect for their dead and seem like they are worrying about ushering them to the next phase of existence. Yeah. What do, you, what do you think? Did you ever think about this to this extent or reflect on it? Or did you just kind of just think, oh, here's a graveyard, here's a cemetery, here's a dead thing, here's a Poe, a ghost, whatever? I have considered the difference between a ghost and a Poe and some of these other spirits that happen in Zelda games. It does seem like they all come from some ethereal existence and they're coming into the corporeal world, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, um, however, the truth is, and this is where, this is one of the reasons why I love having these conversations with you in particular, is that I, I feel like you're very focused on lore and, and things like that with the Zelda games. And for me, I, I'm, I've, I've, I'm very excited about the lore, but I usually by accident look at it as game design first. So the mm -hmm. truth is to answer your question, no, I don't usually truly dig into and consider, you know, um, it's kind of like, cause it's, cause it's, um, it's lore via in reverse. It's like, I, I mean, I, I kind of said at the beginning of the episode and I don't mean to dispel anything, but it's kind of like, well, 
probably they thought it'd be cool if a graveyard yeah. was there. You know, they being the people making the games. But at the end of the day, one of the things that Zelda has been getting better and better at with every installment, in my opinion, is making sure that the lore is um, is motivated. That the lore is motivated by the game design or the game design is motivated by the lore. Mm -hmm. So with all of that said, um, no, I don't think about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I must have too much time on my hands, I guess. No, no, it's because you're a writer, though. It's you're a writer. You know what I mean? You're thinking about those things. And I'm, I'm, I'm a designer, so I, I'm thinking about some of the other things, I think, sometimes. But that's why, like, let's go for it. Okay. So um, as you were speaking, this popped into my head. Okay. And I'm hoping you can maybe jog my memory in case I'm missing anything or a listener can chime in later. I'm thinking of there are two characters who come to mind who, well, okay, Dompei mm -hmm. in Ocarina of Time, we actually see his bodily corporal existence mm -hmm. as young Link. And then later on we find out he passed away and you actually get to chase his ghost and you get the hook shot. And then in Twilight Princess, while you don't see her while she's alive, you do see the spirit of Queen Rutella. Yeah. Is anyone else in the Zelda series? Like kind of spirits? Yeah, like a ghost. Oh, um, Minish Cap, don't you see the spirit or the ghost of one of the kings in that cemetery? Yes, indeed you do, yeah. Okay. I feel like I'm forgetting someone else. I mean, I'm thinking of, I guess, characters, not monsters. No, I hear you, yeah. And I think we would kind of loosely classify that as spirits. It's, at mm -hmm. least it's kind of what we're doing in this conversation. Dampe is different than the pose that are also in that graveyard to me for some reason. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. they, they seem like two different existences. Also... If I remember correctly, I think Dampe technically has a halo. I was thinking the exact same which is, thing. Which is weird. Yes. Was it just... Okay, so whenever you see a halo, it symbolizes, well, you're probably dead. <laughs> my, well, my interpretation of halo is that that's directly connected to angels in like Christianity and Catholicism. Mm -hmm. And so the implication is that when a character has a halo, the implication is that they're for all intents and purposes on their way to heaven or from heaven mm -hmm. or in heaven or something like that. They're a heaven good. That is, um... Yeah, okay, sure, sure. Maybe. Yeah, I was just kind of thinking like an afterlife experience. They're they're speaking to us from it. Also, um, Katake and Kome, they um Kate pointed this out years ago. Yes. When they when you when they perish after you defeat them, they weirdly also get halos and like go go up into the sky. And um I'm kind of wondering if the halo symbolism was um what 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 uh what um a Western point of view, a Western perspective on the halo might have a different iconic, iconography, um, might symbolize things slightly differently than from an Eastern point of view. You know what I mean? Mm. So the same way that sometimes in a Western point of view, we might kind of think, so, I'll just say it this way. Oh, that, that symbol from Japan is super cool. And to us, it's just like, oh, okay, I think that that symbol relates to X, Y, or Z. But like in Japan, it might have a much more meaningful or nuanced meaning. Mm -hmm. I, I honestly wonder and with no, this is not a critique at all, but, you know, Ocarina of Time was very much made in Japan. And um, I'm wondering if the halo, if that was just a little bit interpreted as like, oh, okay, that's just the symbol for things that are passing on or have passed. Mm -hmm. In other words, I don't know if it is, if it technically, I think it's by accident. I think the halos are by accident. Yeah, not an indication of you were benevolent in your life, so you were being rewarded by going to a heaven-like existence. Mm -hmm. Now, help me remember, okay, Dampe, Dampe, um, after you race him, can you race him multiple times? Or does at the end of that first race 
or the only race because I don't remember how many times you can do it. I, can... I very rarely go back and re-race characters. If you know, a lot of times it's like, hey, get do it in under a minute to get the item, but do it in under forty seconds for you know, I don't know, hundred rupees or whatever it is, like mm-hmm. some you know, half a quarter of a heart or whatever. Um, I think you can go back and re-race Dampe. I think I tried it once in my entire life, but I don't really go back often, so I can't speak to that. For sure. Okay. But I think he stays there as a challenge. You can keep challenging him okay. to try to get better times. Because I thought that would be interesting if his last <laughs> wish on the earthly plane would be to bestow upon someone his hookshot. Because if you go into his shed, his yeah. shack, you read his diary and he says, I'll be waiting for you in my grave. It seems very important to him that somebody gets this hookshot. I mean, obviously it's a game mechanic, kind of a, yeah. a reason for Link to obtain the hookshot. It's very unique. It's very clever. But I don't think he I see where you're going with this. Up if, the logic, the if the logic is that a ghost, the way we would interpret one to be, if a ghost is around because it has that unfinished business, mm-hmm. so to speak, is the, giving Link the hookshot or giving someone the hookshot, Dempe's unfinished business, therefore he can ascend or transcend to whatever he needs to move on to. I think you have a point there. <laughs> I'm, I'm Again, I'm probably thinking too deeply, but I love that. Like, I love discussing these kinds of things mm-hmm. with people. Now, here's another example of perhaps unfinished business. Ooh, I mean, what's up? Okay, so the first Link's Awakening that I ever played is the one that is available on Switch. And yes. I, I actually wrote about this on the AZP blog. Um, after you, I can't remember where it is. It's a, a waterish, watery level. You're swimming as Link. And out of the, I think like the right corner, this little pink creature appears and yeah. it's a ghost. Mm-hmm. Well, at first I thought it was an enemy, so I was trying to hurry up and get away from it but it didn't hurt me or attack me. And every now and then it would kind of speak very slowly. And I, it would say, please, please take me to the house by the bay. So I had found this house before I encountered the ghost. It's this dilapidated house. Um, it's apparently been abandoned for quite a while because there's vegetation growing mm-hmm. and it's the ghost house when it was a human being. I don't know if it was a man, woman, or We other. come to learn that that's where that ghost lived when it was alive, when yes. it was an actual being or creature. And I was very moved by this section. It's so short, it's very simple, but the ghost goes to different parts of its house and there are moments where it, it cries. Well, I think if I if I may, yeah, you're right. You kind of meet the ghost out in the world mm-hmm. and after a couple of exchanges, it's deemed that the ghost is going to follow you and the ghost starts tracking along mm-hmm. with you. And I think the ghost is kind of trying to lead you to its house or whatever, mm-hmm. but you, you're absolutely right. Then you get to the house and there's a really special moment. And I think that's kind of what you're speaking about. It's right very moving because it's, I don't know if the ghost is mourning unfinished business or mourning how things used to be. Maybe it misses certain people or certain activities, but then it kind of raises its chin metaphorically and it asked Link to bring him to a grave. So I first went to the, um, oh, the wow. cemetery. That's right. There's a cemetery. So I went to that one, but that wasn't it. But there's a lone grave somewhere else just for that ghost. Mm-hmm. And its frown or uh, unhappy face turns into a smile. And it thanks Link and gives him a bottle. So it looks like that was the ghost unfinished business. So that's what I was thinking of. And in, in Rutella, for example, as a spirit in Twilight Princess, she disappears after speaking to Link. So obviously she had a very important message to give him. That was her unfinished business. Well, that is fascinating because the ghost, the ghost experience for me does imply unfinished business. Um, Rutella for me was, a, was a, for, in my, my interpretation was that it was like a spiritual, um, you know, uh, she was, she was coming into the normal world through a spiritual amount of, almost like she's, she's already dead wherever her afterlife is. 
and has used a certain amount of energy to appear. Oh. And then is, you know, takes, I was, my assumption was like, oh, it takes energy to be able to do that. And then she, you know, she hung up the phone or whatever and went back to wherever she was. And that's what Link, so my, that, my interpretation wasn't that she was moving on in that situation. I think a lot of the spirits, the actual spirit spirits, who else is spirits? Uh, the king in Minishka. Oh, and this, I mean, the sages are weirdly kind of yes, spirits. Yes, yes. Oh, you're, I, we're going there? Sorry, I, I didn't mean to know. jump. You know, actually, I don't think I wrote about the sages, but can you speak to that? Well, I'm thinking about the, the six sages in Ocarina of Time specifically. There's other sages that happen in other Zelda games, but um, they clearly move into a different plane of reality. Yes. All of them. It's implied that all of them perish usually in the dungeon that you've actually succeeded in, mm -hmm. you know? It's really pretty intense when you kind of read between the lines in Ocarina of Time that technically all of these characters have died, to, mm -hmm. not to become sages, but have died and become sages, I guess. Oh my gosh, then we've got the spirits in Breath of the Wild. I feel like the spirits in, oh my, we, oh wow. I gotta, I'm gonna reel it in. I'm gonna let you kind of lead the way here because I think I'm kind of ripping a lot of cans off of a lot of jars right now. A lot of lids off a lot of jars. I don't know. But we, let's go back to sages. Okay. I do have a line about them. So okay. uh, I, I was raised Catholic, so saints. That's a big deal in Catholicism. Okay. So I don't know if this is an accurate comparison, but I was kind of thinking, are the sages, for just a frame of reference, are they kind of like saints? Like is there an analogy there? Like a similar yeah, kind of relationship? Because, because saints can be, oh, I'm the patron or they, hey, not me. Uh, they are the patron of writing or the patron of animals or protecting people from certain disasters. And here we have uh, Saria, who is mm -hmm. the... Wait, you say Saria, huh? Mm -hmm. Very good. Cool. You say Saria? I definitely say Saria. It's all good. <laughs> I, I believe everybody can say these things however they want. Gosh, that could... I love that. That's what I love about the Zelda series. I love hearing how people pronounce things. But um, Saria is the Sage of Forest. Yes. And then Rauru is the Sage of Light. Now, that's an interesting one because you encounter Kepora Gebora, who's supposed to be related to Rauru. I don't know. Is it is he Rauru or is he just a messenger for Rauru? I, think, I believe actual Hyrule Historia. Maybe it's the encyclopedia, but I think Hyrule Historia says that Kaipura Gabora is Rauru. And maybe, you know, I think it's implied that Rauru is able to uh, shapeshift into Kaipura Gabora, not mm -hmm. the other way around. I don't think Kaipura Gabora becomes a humanoid. I think the humanoid, the Rauru, the sage, who maybe already is a sage and maybe has been a sage for a long time, is able to take the form of the owl, hence Kaipura Gabora. I think that's the relationship there. Okay, this is a deep dive. Okay. But, okay, he's the Sage of Light. Uh -huh. And the saying, you shed light on something, means you give information or show someone a path. I love it. And that's what Kapora Gabora does. He provides guidance to Link and sheds light. Owls are, are wise or associated with wisdom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm yeah. just... And the game, the game design reason <laughs> is because there were owls in Link's Awakening, and then the very next Zelda game was Ocarina of Time, and they wanted to just keep that oh. owl as the informer thing. That's really where, it, like, from a game design point of view, that's really? why there's owls. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they're just like, oh, let's do. We love the owls in Link's Awakening. Let's make sure that we have owls there to help people know what buttons to press in Ocarina of Time. Oh, I love that. I did not know that. Okay. And, and so, like, even Kaipura Gabora becoming Raru is a little bit of a retcon, even if they kind of came up with it while they were making Ocarina of Time. You know, it, it's, it could have been decided that Kaipura Gabora and Raru were the same being even before the game launched. Mm -hmm. um, but it was definitely confirmed, <laughs> you know, 20 years later in the Hyrule Historian. So who knows when that decision was actually made. But it's made, and so it's canon, and we go with it. So now, well, because now I'm thinking, I never thought about this. If he has the ability to become an owl, 
mm-hmm. or speak with through an owl, whatever. Um, oh, that's interesting too. I don't know. Wow. Yeah, he could like just be possessing an owl. But anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, that's interesting. That's cool. Maybe, I don't know. Huge owl. Are the other sages? Could there be some kind of animal associated? It with would be awesome if them? there was. <laughs> I think it would be awesome if there was. Yeah. So I uh, see, like that's that's probably a whole other conversation right there. But that is a good point about the sages because I, I was very young when I played. Oh, um, Ocarina of Time. I was about nine or ten, and I didn't. I didn't really understand when Ruto, Ruto said, "I can't be with you anymore, Link, right. because I have to be a sage." I didn't really understand. Okay, well, can she be with him later after he saves Hyrule? But like you said, she probably perished and is now this yes. deity over the Water Temple. I also realized as we've been spe- as we've been talking about this, I thought a little bit more about the sages, and I don't think that they are ghosts or spirits or whatever. I because th- you ne- you I don't I think you never see a sage outside of the sacred realm once they become a sage. I think they well, never the party at the end. Are they in the party in those? Credits? They're not in the party. They're on Death Mountain, overlooking everything. All right, I think I have an answer to that. Okay, I think I, I have it. an answer to that. So the sages. Yes, maybe they've died, but I feel like they're like frozen in time inside the sacred realm. You know, Raru could be hundreds and hundreds of years old as the Sage of Light. Okay. And it just so happens that during the course of Ocarina, we kind of collect the other five sages. We, as in the story, collects the other five sages, not Link or anything like that. I think they exist there in the sacred realm forever. Almost like, to me, it almost feels like the myths of the Greek gods. They're like kind of in their Olympus and they watch. And maybe there's a little interaction, but they don't really... It's not like they're like going around spooking the town. You know what I mean? That would be fun though. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then you're absolutely, those credits, those Ocarina of Time credits challenge so much lore because I think honestly, they just kind of like rolled the dice. and The Kokiri are out of the forest. I know, I know. It's a whole thing. <laughs> I, 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 we almost need to ignore the credits in Ocarina of Time. <laughs> fun. I know, I know. But then we can, if I thought, that's, you're absolutely right. That's part of the lore then is to try to like figure that out. It, it is fun. Um, but my interpretation then of that would be that a little bit like, um, Rudo, Ruda, the, the queen in Twilight Princess, the Queen Zora. What did, what did you say? Uh, name Rutella? Was Rutella, thank you. Um, my interpretation would be that the, the powers of the sacred realm allowed them to basically force ghosts down onto Death Mountain and just watch a little bit. You know what I mean? Oh. I don't think that they're like able to go walk around then. I think those six are there just looking over. It's a symbol and they're probably there. It's just like, you know, if anything, they may not even, if anyone were to look up onto that mountain, they may not even see those characters, but oh. I, mean, I think maybe just the storytelling, but they put them there. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I like think I'm going a little too far into something I don't know that much about. So I'm going to like hold it off right there. But I like that. I do like that. Um, okay. So we've talked about cemeteries. We've about, talked about the sages from Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. So here's another a, a ghost. Okay. So pose, mm-hmm. but they're enemies. So mm-hmm. um, I did some research. They first appear in A Link to the Past in the graveyard by the sanctuary. According to the Zelda wiki, they hold hatred towards the world. So my question oh. is, are they deceased bad guys, so to speak? Like, are they deceased murderers or thieves or people who maybe didn't bring such joy <laughs> to the real world? Mm-hmm. Um, so this, in A Link Between Worlds, instead Ooh. of Pose, they have Hues, H-U-E-S, are the Dark World slash Low Rule equivalent. Okay, so they're also in A Link to the Past. Yeah, That's their counterpart. And Poe's carry lanterns and can even act as a guide, as we see in the Gerudo Haunted Wasteland. That Poe right. does not harm you. That right. You have to use the lens of truth and follow it through mm-hmm. the Haunted Wasteland. And then here's some other Poe's. Like I just I went on all crazy about Poe's. Um, flat and sharp are Poe's rather than a ghost like uh, Dompe. Mm-hmm. 
do they harbor hatred towards the world? Were they snubbed in their lifetime? Do they, is their unfinished business based on anger and hatred and regret and malevolence? Is that, because they're the ones who teach the song of, oh, oh God, not song, um, Sun Song. Yeah, Sharp and Flat, yeah. And they're also, I believe it's their, their names in Majora's Mask are Sharp and Flat as well. Because you remember, you have to play the song of healing to get rid of the poisonous water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I almost forgot about that. But that's, and then there are post sisters in the forest temple and um, fun fact, they're named after the sisters and little women. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and let's see, spooky imp pose and twilight princess. They look way scarier. I have a whole thing about pose here. Are you okay? I'm, I'm just going to go for okay. it. I have thoughts, but keep going. I was talking <laughs> okay. a lot in the beginning. Hey, two more par- small paragraphs. From Zeldapedia, it is possible that Poe's were named after Edgar Allan Poe, a famous American poet and writer of short stories. Many of Poe's short stories contained instances of paranormal phenomena, some of which involve ghosts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Al- alternately, Poe may derive from the Chinese philosophy of Han and Poe, similar to yin and yang, with the Han being the part of the soul that strives for heaven and is associated with life, okay. and Poe being the part of the soul that stays with the corpse and is associated with death right so what are your thoughts my interpretation of pose just based and and only by playing the games you know what i mean I'm, I'm i'm pulling a lot of this information from what i'm just kind of inferring from the games um it's only only since doing this show did i actually start digging into you know now i love going into the zelda encyclopedia and now i love reading about this stuff but for the past 20 years of my life up to doing this show starting the show about five years ago um during that time my interpretation of pose were not that they were unfinished business but that they were almost permanently unallowed to go wherever they needed to go. They were, I don't know, excised to normal our what we would call our normal earth or life or whatever, or Hyrule. You know, they yeah. they have to because they carry the thing about poses, they visibly carry their souls around. Their souls are like somewhat disconnected from them that they carry. The, the lanterns the lantern? have their souls. Um, almost all the time, the soul is also being held in something. Usually it's a lantern. And so I, I've always interpreted that as they're not, like that was their punishment. Their punishment is you can't go anywhere. And in my interpretation, when you defeat a Poe in just about any Zelda game, they actually cease to exist at that point. I don't think they go on to anywhere. Well, I think that's their final note because you t- collect their soul. Yeah, well, in I think, I don't know if it's also Majora's Mask, in Ocarina of Time, like a little even ghostlier, simpler form of Ghost, a poem. You're yeah. right, yeah. But you can scoop them up in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the And po- drink yeah. them. Yeah, you can drink the souls. And then the big, the giant pose or big pose, there's that man in, or thing, <laughs> in Hyrule Castle Town who collects the big pose for you to get a bottle. That's right. And I, I think it's amusing how he has the little spirits and they try to leave their cages. He whacks his stick and they immediately get back into line in formation. So, so maybe they're always still stuck to no, like the normal world. I guess what I'm trying to say is my, my interpretation is that they, the reason they're not ghosts and the reason they're not spirits is because they've been permanently put in, <laughs> I don't know, normal world jail. I don't know how else you say it. Like they will not ever move on to anywhere. They are they are here as as creatures of being here. Now they can phase in and out and stuff. I don't think I've never interpreted that as them going to other spiritual dimensions, mm-hmm. coming in and out. I feel like that's just them kind of becoming more you know more light reflects off them or less is kind of my interpretation of that. So my, I've always thought that Poe's already have met their fate, and that's why they're they're in the they're in Hyrule the way they are. That's a good. But that's just me running on my instincts. Gosh, and what's the um, okay. I have some other 
other things listed. More post stuff? Not post stuff, but okay, they're a type of enemy. They uh-huh. hurt Link. Redads and Gibdos. Yeah, right. Totally. Okay. Is it almost time for break, David? Awesome. Okay, well, we're going to talk about these spooky characters after the break. <laughs> Celeste saw me checking the clock real quick. I, I had to put my thumb on the phone to see where our timer was. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to throw you off your no, flow No, no. So. I'm going I'm I'm to gather my thoughts. Yeah, I, I, I also have thoughts on those. I mean, essentially, they're mummies. Essentially, it's mummy logic. Or not mummy logic. Essentially, it's zombie logic, I think. But we'll get into it. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. I mean, maybe it's not zombie logic because maybe they are motivated by a spiritual force. I guess we'll get into it after mm-hmm. the break. We'll be right back. <laughs> I know nothing about Pokemon. And lucky for you, I know a lot. So here are the top five reasons to listen to this season of Top 5 Nintendo. Number five, we give you the real answers on Pokemon. Number four, we help you improve your game strategy so you'll never lose again. Number three, you can observe our bond of friendship. Number two, you can anticipate the excitement of a new Pokemon game with us. Number one, and most importantly, you can relive some nostalgia of over 25 years of Pokemon. See you there. Hello and welcome to Game Dev Hideout. My name is Daniel and I am excited to introduce our new 6-5 show. Joining me is my co-host Chris as we drop down the ladder and give you a look into the indie game development community. We'll introduce you to lots of cool game developers, pixel artists, musicians, and other members of the indie dev community. We hope you'll climb on up and check out some games. And we had time to reflect. Life chills. On Redads and Gibdos. Such a spooky episode. <laughs> it really is. It really is. So the first time I encountered um, a Redad was in Hyrule Market, Castletown, Hyrule Castletown Market. <sighs> yeah. Seven years <laughs> after the fact, they scared the bejesus out of me. I still have trauma from the first time I went into <laughs> Castletown coming out of time, Temple of Time 25 years ago or whatever it was. So, okay. Question. Okay, you remember what it looked like, the Castletown market looked like when Link was a child, seven mm-hmm. years prior. Most of those people fled to Kakariko Village. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I was kind of wondering, okay, when I first saw the Redeads, I thought, oh my gosh, are these the zombie versions of the previous occupants? I made that assumption as well. But then we learned most of them fled to Kakariko Village. Right. I'm assuming, or they just left Hyrule. No, I think we find them there in yeah. Kakariko Village. I'm just joking. I'm joking. <laughs> so the the Redeads are like zombies, um, and I was wondering, are they dead Helians or creatures from Ganondorf? Did, Gran- did Ganondorf just manifest them? Because you also find them in the royal tomb in Kakariko Graveyard. Yeah. Which I thought are these the zombie versions of dead royals? <laughs> I thought so. I've always assumed that the Redeads, dead again, Redeads, mm-hmm. are are reanimated corpses, honestly. You know what I mean? So do they have unfinished business? <laughs> but- I don't think so. I think by the lot, you know, I don't know. The unfinished business thing is tricky. I think our, you know, our kind of Western interpretation of like what a ghost is, is usually very much informed by that unfinished business mm-hmm. idea. I think a lot of 
if if anything, I think the only thing that even gets close to that in Zelda is maybe the actual ghosts that we were speaking about. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of the one thing that's kind of interesting about this conversation and this whole idea is I do think that there are many, many different tiers or lanes or avenues of of these kind of spiritual existences, these post post life existences. And for me, I don't even think that the Rededs even have, um, you know, why not, 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 maybe they don't even have like really a consciousness. You know what I mean? It's, it's just literally reanimated corpses. And they all look the same, which is interesting. I think that's a graphics thing. Okay. okay. <laughs> I think it's like they made one model. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking into it too much and they scream. There's this mm-hmm. scream. I, I'm going to be honest. When I first heard that scream, I didn't think, oh, that's coming from the Redead. I thought there was a woman in the distance yeah. screaming out of horror. Is that how you felt too? So my thought, because they don't change the animation. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, when the Redead scream, it's not like the, the graphic on their face changes. You don't see a mouth open or anything like that. The screen kind of shakes and everything. And um, I didn't think it was like maybe a woman to the side, but it did feel like the scream wasn't coming from the actual Redead. Mm-hmm. And so as a kid, my interpretation of that was that the scream maybe wasn't even physical. It wasn't actually physically air coming out of vocal cords because these are redeads that have that stuff's deteriorated anyway, that it's almost like not a, it's like a mental scream or a, or a spiritual scream, I guess you could say, that Link is almost feeling the scream more than he's hearing it was always kind of my interpretation of how that scream was portrayed in the games. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Now, oh, hey, I tell you what, in Wind Waker, I think you see him actually open their mouth. Yes, they're way more animated. They're yeah, yeah giant mouths. So and maybe they're just screaming. Maybe they're just screaming in an Ocarina of Time. We didn't have the graphical fidelity <laughs> to show it. Well, what's, what's crazy about the ones in Wind Waker, you know how you get that beautiful oasis to yourself that was from the teacher and then you show yes. the little butler door? They're at the bottom of mm-hmm. that, that house. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So what was that teacher doing? I'm not going to go was there. She- Killing people? I know. Or no, har- I think, harming people? You know, Zelda loves to do a spooky basement. Zelda games love spooky basements, and they love it when you have a spooky basement when you least expect it. I mean, oh. even Link's house in Twilight Princess kind of has a spooky basement. Oh, you're you know right. what I mean? You have yes. to light a torch or a lantern to even just go down there. Yes, okay, that's a good point. That's they a good love point. spooky basements. I think that one might just be do you get anything with those redeads underneath the teacher's? Island. Um, I have never. There's a maze. I, I don't mind saying it, but I've never gone under the island. I've never done enough of the side quest in Wind Waker to go there. You get something. I don't know if it's just a bunch of rupees or there, there's. It's like a maze, I sure. believe, and you get some kind of reward. But okay, in Ocarina of Time, mm-hmm. in the Shadow Temple, there are a bunch of redeads. It's associated with the yes. graveyard. Yeah. And as you're exploring that temple, you learn that. Their Hyrule apparently had a very bad history. There was this war. Did it? Yeah. My, I don't know if memory serves me correctly here, but weren't the Sheikah and the Helians or the Hyrule royal family weren't they kind of at odds? There was a there's there's a lot to be put together with like the history of uh, before Ocarina of Time, the game itself. So the way we understand the Sheikah to be now, and even a little bit how we knew the Sheikah to be in Ocarina of Time, is that they're like protectors of the royal family and, and, and by extension... Good people. Spies and, for the kingdom yeah, as well. Yeah, by extension, pre- protectors of, of Hylians. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that's interesting about the Shadow Temple is that when you... It is, yeah, the Shadow Temple, not the Spirit Temple. The thing that's interesting about the Shadow Temple is that if you technically look at the level design... There are heavy implications. I mean, there's literally some torture devices down in that yes. dungeon. You know what I mean? Yes. And um, 
there's Sheikah symbols everywhere, and plenty of fans have deduced that, or there's Hylian or royal family symbols everywhere, I think is actually what it is. And for some, you know, it could be deduced. Some fans have gone this way. I'm not sure if it's official canon or not, that that was like a torture chamber where the the royal family would torture Sheikah. But I, I have a hard time subscribing to that because it just doesn't fit my personal headcanon. But it might be true. Is it the Sheikah or is it enemies of Hyrule and the Sheikah were the ones like under the, I think you might the be rule and the okay What if permission. the Sheikah were... What if the Sheikah were the ones that were actually performing some of these acts? I, I agree. On behalf of the royal family. The medieval acts. And that's why the royal family symbols there. I, I think this makes a lot more sense. So where are you going with this? Are the Redeads the reanimated corpses of these captured criminals? I think criminals, so. Prisoners? I've always kind of seen it that way. Yeah. Um, you know, the walls are filled with dead bodies and here they yeah. come. They're coming for you. Yeah. And they, they're, like you said, they probably don't have a consciousness. They're. They're just hungry. Yeah. Well, okay. They also have, they have a counterpart, the Gibdos. They pretty much act like... Wait a second. The Gibdo, wait. Yeah, can you explain? The mummies. The, right. They look like mummies. Right. So unlike the Rededs, the Gibdos are wrapped in, you know, I don't know if it's cloth or yeah, some kind of garment. Cloth, something, yeah. And I believe if you, if they catch on fire, don't they become a Reded? So are they just Rededs wrapped in fabric? Yeah, is it... Okay, but usually... I've never tried that. I got to go back into Ocarina and try that now. Yeah. Okay, Gibdos, according... To the Great Hyrule Encyclopedia, Gibdos are lost souls from forgotten ages who hate the living. Resembling mummies, these undead, undead creatures will stalk any living, living creature for the purposes of dining on nourishing blood. And blood. Okay, so they want blood. And remember, they play a big part in Majora's Mask with Pamela's father. He's cursed <gasps> as a Gibdo. That's right. And these healing waters have to appear mm-hmm. to make the, oh my gosh, the mill, the... Yeah. The, the wheel turn. It's coming back to me. Thanks. You're helping me. Yeah. yeah. And But her dad's not a full-fledged Gibdo. Like, you can actually still see a living human. Yeah, yeah. You, like, he has a, he still has his eyes Gibdo. poking out or something. Yeah. Like, he's kind his of his hair. Nose. Yeah, his yeah, mouth. Yeah. Like, he's half Gibdo, basically. Mm-hmm. And they are, before you heal him, they're encircling the house, saying, and if you wear the Gibdo mask, you can talk to them, and they're like, our friend is inside or something. So if a redead like is a reanimated corpse... This is a Halloween episode. Jeez Louise, I didn't this the verbiage we're using here. If, out of context, this is some pretty vile stuff. Um, um if if a redead is a reanimated corpse, then maybe a gibdo is a living creature that gets uh sucked into like a, a almost dead state. You know, it's almost I mean if they're looking for blood, it's a little bit of a vampire state, but if but yeah. I, I don't think them Oh, well, let's think about this. Even actual mummies in, in Egyptian culture, they, they, I guess they had passed away, but they were real people that then got wrapped up. Um, it's not like Egyptian culture would go find dead people and wrap them up. Yeah. So it goes from yeah. living to dead is what I'm trying to say, that 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 that, that um, direction. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, in a nightmare scenario, if you were to wrap someone up like a mummy and they were still alive, oh gosh, can't, I don't even want to think about that. But mm. that's maybe kind of where, that's obviously kind of what's happening in a comical, cartoony way to the dude in Wind Waker that you were just talking about. Oh my God. You know, so maybe there's a, it's spiritually being wrapped up. They're being wrapped up in a way that's outside of their control. And then once they're inside the wrappings, you know, they do start to decay away or fade away. And maybe there's still, maybe, maybe the blood. Maybe they're hungry for blood just to kind of, that's their nourishment, that's to keep them alive. So my guess is that re-deads come from something that's already dead. And I would guess, just from what we've been talking about in this episode, that a gibdo then comes from something that's already alive. 
And you know, if you look at the art for Pamela's dad mm -hmm. when he's before he's healed, it looks like the hand that's affected is a claw. It looks oh. very monstrous. Oh, interesting. Doesn't yeah. really look human-like. So there's a maybe there's a bit of a, an infection kind of thing, not a chemical infection, like spiritual infection mm -hmm. or something. Yeah, spirit infects by way of wrapping up the people. I don't know. Now that you, okay, you said spirit, and it triggered for me. Okay, the the shadow temple, we see all these undead creatures. The spirit temple. I don't know if there there are really any ghost like. Besides, besides I agree. Kome and Kotake. And I think this also lines up with the difference between a spirit and a ghost. I think a spirit, you know, um, um, it could be perceived from a narrative point of view that even living things have a spirit, and mm -hmm. you know, it's 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 a different it's a different um, qualification of 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 a, of a creature's um, existence, I guess. You mm -hmm. know, a living person could could have in some ways have uh, could be perceived as having a spirit a, a a spirit could be perceived as being in in the stories of, in like legend of zelda the spirits can be on their own without their body um but i don't think okay i got a little caught up here so the spirit for me the spirit temple was to to honor the spirits not it wasn't about death and it wasn't about i mean it's a little spooky in there mm -hmm. but it's not there's nothing in there that really cel not celebrates but um deals with dead dead things I always felt like it dealt with celebrating things that were alive or celebrating things that used to be alive. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. It's, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm just kind of struggling here to be honest. Celeste. Yeah. I, again, I could be looking just a little too deeply <laughs> into it. Into it. It's called the spirit temple. I don't know if that was just because, Oh, we need another element. We're going to call it the spirit temple. Well, at the end of the day for the, for the first maybe six or seven Zelda games that were ever made, the answer to that question is always yes. The answer is yes. It was just because they wanted to put it in the game. You know what I mean? Very rarely was 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 lore to the degree of which fandom is used to now a part of the game-making mm -hmm. process back in the 80s and the 90s and, and things like that. So yes, the truth is they were probably just thinking of another temple. They thought, okay, it'd be cool, Spear, and they put some more logos up and stuff like that. And they basically, and Zelda does speak to this. They always come up with game design first and story second. Whenever they make a Zelda game, mm -hmm. um, they talk about they talk about what they want the mechanics to be of a Zelda game, and then they try to wrap the story around. They've gotten better and better and better at that with every game, and more responsible, I'll say, with with making sure that the story and the lore connects. So much so that Tears of the Kingdom looks like it's going to directly relate to things like the Zonai and stuff like that in Breath of the Wild, where they're actually now feeding off of. You know, Breath of the Wild was interesting because it was almost like Zelda Nintendo having to be like, "Oh gosh, all right, all right, all right." start over <laughs> um, and we're going to start. We get it. We get it. You all care about lore. Now you all care about timeline. Um, let's start over and let's just try to make it be real from here out. I mean, we're only two games in, mm -hmm. but, but it does seem to be the way. Um, I got a little, I got a little out there with that one. So, um, but it makes me wonder since that's the Gerudo's temple, I don't know. Do they, do something cool for afterlife rituals? Or? I mean, I just always figured that the Gerudo, I mean, this sounds cheesy, but like have spirit. They're just very in touch with their, even though they're portrayed as thieves in Ocarina of Time, the only time we, any other time we experience the Gerudo and technically maybe even when we experience them as thieves, um, it just seemed like they are kind of, I'll say in touch with whatever their own cultural spirit is. I think that that's very clear mm -hmm. in Breath of the Wild, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I'm reaching here a little bit, but that was kind of always my interpretation that it was just, I don't even know if it was like a religion. It was just being in touch with their spirit and all that that implies. And something I've always wondered about them, is it a self-imposed exile state or have they been exiled? You know, like there's so much about the Gerudo. They're, that's probably my favorite, I don't know if race would be the 
Well, maybe term? maybe season six we have to do uh, a culture at least. But yeah, maybe race. Um, maybe season six we have to do a favorite Gerudo oh, episode. We haven't done that yet. We did Zoras and Gorons. We have a Deku one coming up in a couple episodes. And I think we have to do Gerudo. Then we could do Rito. Oh, the whole thing. The whole thing. Okay, so I have one last thing related to um, spirits or ghosts. So we were talking about uh, the Garos or Garos in Majora's Mask. Right. Okay, and you actually get one of their masks to wear. It's like this hooded creature. Um, it has no face, but you can see these piercing eyes. Glowing eyes, yeah. Yeah. So in life, according to the um, online Zaldapedia, the Garo were enemies of the Akana Kingdom. Their nation sent several spies to investigate, investigate Ikana Canyon to gather intelligence. And even after they have died, they continue to haunt Ikana, ready to report th- to their superior. Their primary target in the Ikana region was the ancient castle of Ikana. Although they appear to be humans with cloaks, Pamela's father claims Garo are empty shells animated by willpower. Empty shells animated by willpower. Their willpower or someone else's? I Just says willpower. Willpower implies your own, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are they kind of like... Now, the the true definition of a zombie is someone's controlling this other body. Like maybe. Through, through um, like necromancy or something. Really? I would see that more as like a possession, but maybe. Well, okay. So like, well, like if we're talking like evil dead, quote unquote, zombies, those are technically like people possessed by demons. I feel like oh, I was thinking zombies. like voodoo. You know, okay. And with up, respect, I, I don't, I'm not an expert hey, on voodoo. We're, we're, uh, we're, uh, I almost said we're down in Louisiana. <laughs> oh, I mean, I will say we're, I've never known anybody to practice it personally. Um, but I but don't. <laughs> the point is that the, um, the, you're absolutely right. The original interpretation of zombies were that they were, um, empowered by voodoo acts for, for someone's you're right own gain they, they had right. something they wanted them to do so and the post you know the postmodern zombie is something that's just usually the muscle tissue is working because it's infected with some kind of chemistry mm-hmm. i'll say mm-hmm. um and it's not and they and the zombies zombies after night of the living dead they, they kind of night of the living dead kind of reinterpreted what a zombie is some people and they don't even call them zombies in that movie that's a whole other thing but um, the way we recognize zombies now is that they're they are still fun- operating under their own free will, technically, even if they're just hungry for brains, and maybe their brain power isn't that smart. But they're the ones controlling themselves. But I think you're right. I think the original zombie concept was that someone would be possessed by someone, and then they, then that zombie w- that person would go do the acts of something that they weren't conscious of. Isn't that right? I I. Again, I, I would need to look it up more thoroughly. I don't know if it's a living person or maybe it's a reanimated corpse that they are controlling. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, it might have to be a reanimated corpse. But it's but like you were saying with willpower, it does sound like the Garo. It's they have a mission and they're very violent. They have you know these scythes pretty much. That's right. I would interpret them then as I'm I'm riffing here. I don't know too much about the Garo, but I would interpret that as if they if they were if they were powered by willpower or, or their motion was controlled by willpower, then I think we just have to assume that they don't have actual muscles. They don't have you know mm-hmm. blood and muscles and flesh and bones. They're empty shells, and their their motion is is controlled by something other than what we would consider like a physical system. Mm-hmm. Hence the willpower, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. And so, well, however they become these ninjas. Whether they started as actual creatures or not, they're not. I don't think they're ghosts. Um, empty shells. You know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> I can't. How, do you, how else do you say this? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, is there anything else you want to say about any kind of enemies? Because I have 
some <gasps> more thoughts on other stuff. No, let's do it. So there are, there's the goddess Helia, Kylia. Yeah. And then there, of course, there's the uh, three goddesses, Ferrari, Nehru, and Din. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking, okay, usually, and I, I don't know how many religions, but okay, like for, for me, my point of reference would be Christianity. The, the idea is that after you pass away, if you go to heaven, you're with your deity, you're with God. So okay. I wonder if in Hyrule, if they worship these goddesses, do they believe that after they pass away, they will be with them? I feel that there is nothing in any of the games that would suggest that. I'm not okay. saying they don't or wouldn't. I, I, my interpretation. All the games that I've played so far, I don't think I've ever, the, the closest it ever gets to something weird like that is the three halos in Ocarina of Time, which mm-hmm. I write off as just, you know what I mean? I, it's To me, it's the same reason, you know, the cross that was on the original shield in the original Legend yeah, of Zelda. Yeah. It's just, we we just got to kind of slide some of those things to the side and not read into them too much, in my opinion. But 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 to take it more seriously, I, I think those three goddesses, you know, there's so many different versions of afterlife with with Hyrule. I I don't I've never interpreted it that that someone would pass and move on. But there are standard graves like we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that means because we have the, the three goddesses that created everything basically, or at least created Hyrule, as, as the game says, certainly as Ocarina of Time says. And there's a you know the Zelda series has a lot of fun with having interpretations of those goddesses come back down to the land, mm-hmm. Breath of the mm-hmm. Wild. There's even kind of the three dragons that are kind of spiritually representing them, yes, which is kind of cool. Ooh, and they go back up into the sky. They do, they do. And so I think that that's kind of I think you know that's a version where the three goddesses do take the form of a dragon and kind of come in and, and do their thing, which always is a little weird that when we're like hunting them or you know when you help the ice dragon in breath of the wild that's cool but when you're trying to shoot a dragon horn i'm kind of like i'm sorry din <laughs> i mean so the dragon's not called din but yeah. you know what i mean yeah but um um so so anyway yeah that's my answer i'm getting a little long-winded here but my answer is i don't for me i don't think there's anything in the games that say that they would um go up like that and you know nintendo in general they have a pretty strict rule about not having religious icon icons in their games um i think for the most part that's probably a good thing and um but there are a lot of mixed religious themes in Zelda games, which is, I think mm-hmm. is kind of what we're kind of kind of spiraling around right now. Mm-hmm. The whole concept of afterlife. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's... Do you have well, anything let, else Let's think add? about the original Legend of Zelda. The okay. original Legend of Zelda, you know, back in the early 1980s, when it was made, mm-hmm. it was referencing... It was, it was a Japanese company referencing Eastern European stories. You know, the original Legend of Zelda is very castles and swords and all kind of all the classic things you would see in an Eastern European kind of medieval kind of storytelling system. There wasn't, as Zelda has gone on, it's become more culturally, um, maybe not ambiguous, but yeah, maybe ambiguous, but you know, it pulls from a lot of different cultures. And I think Mm -hmm. that's fantastic. I think it's great to the point where by the time we hit, it started with Twilight Princess, in my opinion, but by the time we hit Breath of the Wild, I would say that there's just like Zelda culture now. Zelda is its own culture, which Mm -hmm. is a mix of many cultures. Which is which I think is perfect, um, and by extension, then the implications of what those religions would be. But um, um, the original, like, so let's think about walking skeletons in castle dungeons in the original Legend of Zelda. Well, I guess we would have to assume that those walking those those skeletons would be they were inspired by scary walking skeletons skeletons <laughs> skeletons. I keep saying skeletons. I don't know where Jack is, but um, <laughs> skeletons that were motivated through in Eastern European religious slash superstitious mm-hmm. system. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, 
I mean, Zelda goes crazy with all these different afterlife things. There's like five different ways that that there are pe- that are different creatures and cultures and different afterlifes that are, and and some may not even be afterlifes. Sometimes we talk about the spirits alone, and it's like they may not even necessarily be dead. They might be existing as a spirit. It's crazy. Oh, is Hylia like above the three goddesses? That's how I've always interpreted. Okay, yeah, okay. But... She their boss, so to speak. <laughs> She's their boss. <laughs> That's how I have always interpreted her because Zelda is the reincarnation. Mm-hmm. or gosh that's that's I another mean, deep cut yeah at the end of the day these different whenever you build a culture in any kind of fictional fandom situation um the culture will infer or no imply a religious system or mm-hmm. some version of worship it's just inevitable something comes up with that and i think we see many different variations of that in the zelda games i think you had some info on some other not baddies but some good folks did you say just now you had some notes on, um, or did we go there already? Let's see. Let me see what else we have I about have. 10 minutes left, I think. I think I, I think, so that's everything, all the notes I have. Oh, I see. Okay, no problem. So I'm trying to, oh, okay. You, you jogged in my memory. So, oh, okay. In Majora's Mask, <laughs> you could, again, that deals with so many spooky things and ghosts and spirits. Yeah. You see the little Deku scrub tree that is like basically the shell yeah. of the oh, spoiler alert, the Butler's son. Mm-hmm. And we learn that the reason Link can transform into a Deku scrub is because the possessed, the Medora's mask possessed skull kid took that Deku scrub spirit spirit. I would say and yeah. put it in that mask mm-hmm. or, or, or it could or be Link. said that to create a mask, a spirit must be taken. Yes. Yeah. Which is what happens with Macaw mm-hmm. and with, um, is it Daruni? No, no. No, it's something like that. It's not Darunia. But, I always um, forget I know, his this, name. That particular Goron, I always forget his name too. Me too. He's the, he's the go- he got cut in the tummy. <laughs> I know. Oh my but, gosh. Um, but, he- but, but, but you're right. The, the three masks that we get in Majora's Mask, the Zora and the Goron one are given to us willingly by the, the creature that is perishing in the moment yes so i don't i don't know if unfinished business again i don't know if that's the correct term but um i have to know darmani the third darmani that's right darmani i knew it wasn't <laughs> darmani the third so he is very upset and then you have to play the song of healing to rest his spirit and to rest his soul mm. Mm. and that's the song you have to i believe you have to play that song for pamela's dad as well. Oh, interesting. Well, Song of Healing. Okay, cool. Yeah, kind of like a last rite situation. <laughs> I see. <laughs> yes. Okay. Or in his case, it healed him rather than, you know, bid him farewell. It healed afterlife. him as a spirit so that he could give you his spirit? Is that how that goes down? No, no. Do how you get do you... the Gibdo mask from him? No. You I don't get the remember. Goron mask from him. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking about Pamela's dad. Oh, oh. <laughs> I know. We're like... We're pronoun like, game. Pronoun I game. I know. I know. Gosh. Um... Are there any other spirits or ghost-like entities? Well, let's talk about the champions a little bit. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. They, they, they exist in a, not a fast and loose spiritual situation, but I think it's pretty clear that they, you know, maybe they're in some version of a sacred realm or, or a heaven or an afterlife or whatever. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. But I think they do have the ability to, a bit like Rotella, <laughs> like I was joking earlier, pick up the phone and come on in and be a little blue fiery spirit for a while and look at things and even communicate with people do they wait do they actively speak to anyone when they're a spirit link only link i think 
I don't see them talking. Because there's you, you, almost all of them are usually standing on afar, and then like speaking to a few other characters, like even the Goron, um, and even Yubosa, uh, Yubosa, like they 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 observe that peace has been had. They observe from a distance. Um, and they'll, I remember some of the characters saying things like, "All right, young one, good for you," but but they're not but they're not close enough that young one, the little girl that's running like Gerudo Town, mm-hmm. can actually hear Urbosa. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a bit more of like an onlooking situation. Yes. Okay. But the spirits, oh, they directly speak to Link, but not when they're visual either, right? Like we hear them talking when you're in a beast, when you're in a divine beast. They're speaking to you, instruct. There's. I think you see them. Do you? Yeah. I believe right. so. I'll go with yeah. it. I don't fully remember. <laughs> I, I believe because I remember like they're kind of greenish blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're that entity, that version of them. And it doesn't seem like uh, they just act like normal folks mm-hmm. when they're in those spirit forms. Um, it's not like they're like spooky dookie or they're not swaying around or they are kind of just walking. They don't mm-hmm. float. Um, they don't have a a different disposition that they had when they were alive. They're the same, same people. Mm-hmm. So do they, after you defeat the, um, oh my gosh, the divine beast, mm-hmm. possess, I guess possessed divine beast pretty much would be the. Technically possessed by the calamity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you speak to each champion and I believe they say, now I'm going to stay here until you, you need me because you can, yeah. you have the option of defeating Calamity Ganon, you can reduce his health in half by having the champions. Each champion will reduce his health by essentially one eighth. And if you get all mm-hmm. four, then it becomes, you know, mm-hmm. four eighths, which is one half. Yes. Half, yeah. Yes. So, hmm. I don't recall. It's, fu- it's funny. It's been a while since I've really experienced the conversations with the champions. It's been maybe a year or two. Because I, I play Breath of the Wild all the time still, but mm-hmm. now I'm not necessarily. Sometimes I'm playing in a game where I've already beaten the four beasts, so I'm just kind of running around doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's been a while since I've, I've experienced those conversations, and I don't recall any of the spirits. Sometimes they'll say something like, okay, I'm at peace now. Thank you for fulfilling this thing that I couldn't do. But I don't know if there's any direct like, okay, Link, see you later. I'm moving on. You know what I mean? There's, yeah. there's none of that. So I think they just are where they are. They're in their version of sacred realm or whatever mm-hmm. it is, and they just come in when they need to. And um, and they do that because because we need to have a, a video game that has people tell us what to do. And <laughs> you fine. need a guide. You need a guide. Well, <laughs> yeah. don't don't they congregate all together at the end of the game? Don't they? I could be wrong. I don't recall a visual See, I have, where that happens. I have happens. not played since. I mean, I would explore like, every now and po- then. But so sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I haven't beaten the I've beaten the game once, but and after that, I've just done like side quests and explored. Mm-hmm. So it's been a while. Post Ganon defeat. I don't, I mean, maybe, I don't really remember a, 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 the champ. I'm sure they might be there or something, but really the stuff I remember is like Zelda in her white robe and Link and Zelda mm-hmm. chatting. And then there, and then she says something like, time to move on. We got more to do or something like mm-hmm. that. And they leave. I don't specifically remember the champions because what happens if you just go straight to Ganon and you don't defeat any of the divine beasts? Are there one or two less champions in the cutscene if that's what's happening? I don't recall a shot of them personally. Huh. Are, are there mm-hmm. so okay you mentioned the champions is sure. there anything else we're forgetting is there any type of oh well okay let's do well king of hyrule we don't have to dig down in it too much but he shows up in the same yes. spirit communication system yes as the champions so there's clearly some kind of like any well we don't know how or why maybe it takes a certain amount of sacrifice or a certain amount of 
maybe it takes a certain amount of sacrifice, but we have five creatures come back to us as spirits in Breath of the Wild to give Link help. They don't seem particularly pained to do so. Actually, wait a second. The, 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 the king of Hyrule does come down as a corporeal form. Like he's the old man. He actually yeah. is embodying mm-hmm. a real old man. That is a whole nother stack of potatoes to knock down. Man, I don't know. Now, is that his, him and what he, I mean, kind of looks very similar mm-hmm. to how the old man looks. Or did he possess someone's body or did he just take that form? I saw it as him taking a form. Okay. I didn't see it as possessing right. someone. <laughs> it makes you wonder why the other four don't or can't do that. Oh, my goodness, David. Speaking mm. of possession, I never beat it. I'm so sorry. What's up? Spirit Tracks. Oh, I've never played Spirit Tracks. Um, That's my game of shame. That's my one Zelda game I've never actually played yet. I have not beaten it, so I, I probably have to start all over because it's been so long. But Zelda... Oh, Spirit Tracks. <laughs> right? I mean, it's so obvious. Phantom Hourglass. <laughs> Phantom Ganon. <laughs> See, this is what happens. This is what I love about these kind of conversations because you think you've captured everything there is to talk about. And and it just keeps going. It keeps going. Well, in Spirit Tracks, and this isn't a huge spoiler because it's not like the end of the game, but something happens to Zelda's um, corporal her body. <laughs> version, her body, and her spirit accompanies you, and she can possess these, like, uh, knight mm-hmm. armor. I can't think of their names. I think they're the Dreadnoughts or the Darknoughts yes, or something like yes, that. Yes, she can take on their forms, and it's really mm-hmm. funny. But, okay, Phantom Hourglass. Phantoms? Oh, my gosh, what is a phantom? And then I think in Wind Waker, don't you see these old versions of some deities or sages like the uh the little boy who kind of looks like link fought Fado? Fado? i'm the with one, you i'm just the trying one to who plays the violin and the little um korok, korok emulates the him violin. oh and then there's also that i cannot remember her name but there is that zora queen spirit who plays the harp like medley plays the harp Again, connecting the Rito with yeah, the Yeah, you know, I kind of forgot about those two spirits. You're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think... There's a ghost ship, too, somewhere. There's a ghost ship. Oh, my gosh. This is <laughs> this is a bigger this is a bigger conversation than I realized it was going to be. Yes. I, I would love to know if um, anyone listening to this episode, if we if we forgot something or you interpret something a different way, I would absolutely... I'd love, love to hear people's thoughts. I really would. I agree with you. If, if people are interested in sharing their thoughts, obviously, you can tweet us and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But if you're watching this on YouTube... You can leave a comment down on YouTube. If you're listening to the show and you want to tweet us, that's perfectly fine. But we do have a comments system on our website. People can go to anotherzeldapodcast.com. And I think you technically have to like create an account, mm-hmm. you know, with an email, whatever. It doesn't cost anything. And then you can leave comments too. And um, or honestly, we'll have the discussion channel thread for this very episode on our Discord channel. That we can yes. probably really I almost said rip loose. Let loose, <laughs> let it rip, let the conversation go go to town. Um, they're on Discord too. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that would be a, a conversation starter. Thank you for humoring me with this topic, David. Well, do you know what's funny is when you mentioned it, I thought, yeah, that's great. We'll talk about spirits. We'll talk about ghosts. We'll talk about zombies. And I thought that was it. But I realized like it is, they are really, every Zelda game is, the, I think the part where it gets really gray is that the Zelda franchise deals with what we would probably call spirits and what sometimes the games literally call spirits. You know, they're a little, not fast and loose, but, it's very vague. It's very vague where and how a spirit exists and why a spirit exists. It's almost mm-hmm. more clear cut when we're talking about a Poe or a ghost or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, they keep re- recurring, right? You know, it's crazy, but there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot here. I got to still spend some time, wrap my head around this, but it would be nice to hear what other people have to say. Yes. That is my goal. With cool. This 
encourage discussion. So David, where can you find us on the internet? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, uh, Another Zelda podcast is uh, Another Zelda pod on Twitter, Another Zelda podcast on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube and Facebook and uh, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the places where podcasts happen at basically just search Another Zelda podcast. We have links to all of those things on our website, anotherzeldapodcast.com, where we also have a bunch of our blog articles that our blog writers write. We have links to our Discord channel. We have links to our Patreon page, links to our merch store, and all that kind of stuff on our website, anotherzeldapodcast.com. People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at RaptorPaint. Celeste, where could they find you? They can find me on Twitter at FairyCrypt. Fantastic. Celeste, this was great. Our first official, actual, in-person episode together. I loved it. It was so much fun. Thank you for letting me discuss this topic. It was super spoopy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Celeste. We've got it. We've. I think that our next episode is going to be favorite Dekus, and that'll be a couple episodes mm-hmm. from now. So when that happens, I'll uh, I'll see you there. Yes. Okay. Bye. <laughs>